Let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there. This is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle. Just for some people to understand the, the world of syndications a little bit, just because somebody has a logo on a website doesn't mean they're a sponsor, but there are different levels of sponsors. And I'll define that as more in, on the institutional side. You have people that have been around for more than five, 10 years past the, the last recession, 2018. Like these are your more institutional operators are going to have higher splits, maybe not as good deals where you might be able to double your money at 10 years. But there's more of a track record there and they have higher fees for passive investors. And then on the other end, you have complete newbies who took a boot camp and is still trying to raise money at $25,000 at a time. Probably people you don't want to interact with. But I guess, Jim, like maybe talk us about that spectrum and your thoughts and invest. Do you like to invest in more institutional guys or in the middle or are you willing to roll the dice with some newbie? Yeah, I'd prefer not to... to have someone brand new. Also, I sometimes avoid people that are training other syndicators because I think what happens there is you start a, a program where you're going to train a bunch of others and then that's really your boots on the ground is going to bring you a bunch of deals, right? The, whoever that syndicator is. And so then you're partnering with five different people on all these different deals. And that just makes me a little nervous. I think that experience is really important. Those are the kind of syndicators probably don't even advertise. Like some of my favorite syndicators, they don't have a podcast. They don't have a website other than just a basic website because they have been around long enough that they have all the investors they need and you're just lucky to be a new investor with them. So if you can find those, I think those are the, the perfect ones to be. But I also don't want to exclude someone who's brand new just because they're new. And they might be new to syndication, but maybe they've been in real estate their whole career and they're just switching from one model to another. So I, I think you can't just write anybody off. But for me, the things I'm looking for are experience, deal exits, and quality communication skills. If they happen to have a podcast or happen to have a real salesy website, that's okay as long as they have the other. For the new people, I want them to have some kind of financial experience. It would be great if they were affiliated or partnered with people who have done this before. And the one biggest mistake I ever made, I think, in syndications was investing with someone who was doing something completely new. They were a turnkey company and that's all they knew, but it was in Dallas. Dallas, the market went past them and they, they couldn't get any good deals to do turnkey anymore. So they decided they were going to do a commercial office and it was a complete disaster. And the reason is because they didn't have any experience in that. So what I should have done is either one, not invested with them when they were doing a completely different asset class, or I should have asked, hey, who on your team has experience in office space? And that would have given me some confidence. I see some syndicators now are switching from multifamily. And if they're doing that and they're hiring an, a self-storage expert, then that's not a new asset class for them because they're hiring someone to manage that for them. But if they just said, hey, I had success in multifamily, now I'm going to syndicate self-storage, then I might have a problem with that. I don't know if that made sense. In your defense there, I think in that situation, both those situations, at least you trusted the operator, right? Like you're vetting two things here. Is the op operator honest and are they competent? Now they may or may not have been a competent, right? Have, having experience at the asset class, but they have show true track record to not steal people's money in the past with the other business, which you would think carries forward. Ultimately, you have to take some chances out there, right? Unless you have a huge network already of people you you trust of organic pure passive investors. So I've invested with people in the past and got it burned. You got to take some chances, I guess what I'm saying. You got to try, you got to kiss a few frogs 
Yeah, I agree. And I, I've invested with new people before. And I think, and I don't want to discourage that, but I also am a lot slower. If, if someone's been around for 15 years and they have 30 exits and they're talking to me about all these deals they've exited, I might talk to them for a half hour and invest in the first deal they show me. But if someone has only been around for two years or five years even and has no exits and is only in five or six deals, it may take three conversations and they might have to send me two or three deals that I don't invest in before I invest in that last one. And that new person also probably, I will need a pretty solid referral from somebody that I know knows what they're talking about. So that's how I, I look at that. It's a scale of how much evaluation do I do on somebody? The longer your track record, probably a lower amount of due diligence. Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties. Learn more about the secrets of the wealthy. Join our community at thewealthelevator.com slash club. And if you're looking for a longer form podcast, also subscribe to the Wealth Elevator podcast.